you know, this is um, your conference, and I think you have a right to know a little bit right now in this transition period about this guy who's going to be looking after it for you for a bit. So I'm just going to grab a chair here. Um, you know, two years ago at TED, I, I think, I've come to this conclusion, I think I may have been suffering from a strange delusion. I think that I may have believed unconsciously then that I was um, kind of a business hero. I, I had this company that I'd spent 15 years building. It was called Future. It's a magazine publishing company. It had recently gone public. And the markets said that it was apparently worth $2 billion, a number I, I didn't really understand. A magazine I'd recently launched called Business 2.0 was fatter than a telephone directory, busy pumping hot air into the bubble. <laughs> uh, I, and, uh, you know, and I was, I was the 40% owner of a, of a dot-com that was about to go public and no doubt be worth billions more. And, you know, all this had come from nothing. Fifteen years earlier, I, I was a science journalist who people just laughed at when I said, you know, I, I, I really would like to start my own computer magazine. And, uh, and you know, fifteen years later, there, there are a hundred of them. And 2,000 people and stuff. And it was, it was just such heady times. You know, the date was February 2000. I thought my, the little graph of my business life that kind of looked a bit like Moore's Law, ever upward and to the right, was going to go on forever. I mean, it had to, right? I was in for quite a surprise. Uh, the dot-com, ironically called Snowball, was the very last consumer web company to go public uh, the next month before Nasdaq exploded. And, uh, and I entered 18 months of business hell. You know, I saw, I watched everything that I'd built crumbling and, you know, it looked like there were this, all this stuff was going to die and, and 15 years' work would have come for nothing. And, and it was gut-wrenching. You know, it, the first, it took eight, eight years of blood, sweat, and tears to reach 350 employees, something which I was very proud of in the business. February 2001, in one day, we laid off 350 people. And before the bloodshed was finished, 1,000 people had lost their jobs from, from my companies. You know, I felt sick. I, um, I, I watched my own net worth, you know, falling by about a million dollars a day, every day, for 18 months. And worse than that, far worse than that, you know, my sense of self-worth was kind of evaporating. I, I was going around with this big sign on my forehead, loser. <laughs> and, and, you know, look, uh, that, I think what disgusts me more than anything looking back is how the hell did I let my personal happiness get so tied up with this business thing. Well, um, in the end, we, we were able to say future and snowball. And, uh, but, you know, I was at that point ready to move on and to cut a long story short, you know, here's where I came to. <laughs> and, and the reason I'm, I'm telling this story is that I believe from many conversations that a lot of people in this room 
have, have been through a similar kind of roller coaster, emotional roller coaster, in the last couple of years. This has been a big, big transition time. And I believe that this conference can play a big part for all of us in taking us forward to the next stage, to whatever's next. The theme next year is rebirth. You know, it was at the same TED two years ago when Richard and I reached an agreement on the future of TED. And at about the same time, um, and I think partly because of that, I started doing something that I'd forgotten about in my business focus. You know, I started to read again. And I, I discovered that while I'd been busy playing business games, there'd been this incredible revolution in so many areas of, of interest, cosmology to psychology to evolutionary psychology to anthropology. To, so, you know, all this stuff had, had changed, and, and the way in which you could think about us as a, as a species and us as a planet had just changed so much, and it was incredibly exciting. And what was really most exciting, and I, I think Richard Werman discovered this um, at least 20 years before I did, was that all this stuff is connected. It's connected. It all hooks into each other. We talk about this a lot, and you know, I thought about trying to give an example of, of this. So, I mean, just, just one example. You know, Madame de Gaulle, the wife of the French president, was famously asked once, you know, what do you most desire? And she answered, a penis. <laughs> and, and when you think about it, it's, it's very true, you know, what we all most desire is our penis, or you know, happiness, as we say in English. <laughs> but, uh, and, and, and something... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good, good luck with that one in the Japanese translation room. <laughs> You know, something as basic as happiness, you know, which, which 20 years ago we, would have been just something for discussion in the, in the church or mosque or synagogue. Um, you know, today it turns out that there's dozens of TED-like questions that you can, you can ask about it, and which, are, which are really interesting. You can ask about what causes it biochemically, neuroscience, you know, serotonin, all that stuff. You can ask what are the psychological causes of it, you know, nature, nurture, current circumstance. Turns out that the research done on that is absolutely mind-blowing. Um, you can view it as a computing problem, an artificial intelligence problem. Why, you know, do you need to incorporate some sort of analog of happiness into a computer brain to make it work properly? Um, you can view it as a, in sort of geopolitical terms and say, you know, why is it that a billion people on this planet are so desperately needy that they have no possibility of, of happiness? Whereas almost all the rest of them, regardless of how much money they have, whether it's $2 a day or whatever, are almost equally happy on average. Or you can, uh, you can view it as an evolutionary psychology kind of thing. You know, why, why would our... Would, did our genes invent this as a, as a kind of trick to, to get us to behave in certain ways? You know, the ant's brain parasitized to make us behave in certain ways so that our genes would propagate? Are we the victims of a mass delusion? And so on and so on. And these are, you know, to understand even something as important to us as happiness, you kind of have to branch off in all these different directions. And there's, there's nowhere that I've discovered, other than TED, 
where you can ask that many questions in that many different directions. And so it's, it's, it's the profound thing that, that Richard talks about. To understand anything, you just need to understand the little bits, a little bit about everything that surrounds it. And so gradually over these three days, you know, you, you start off kind of trying to figure out why am I listening to all this irrelevant stuff? And, and at the end of the four days, you know, your, your brain is humming and you feel energized and alive and excited. And it's because all these different bits have been put together. It's the total brain experience. We're gonna, it's, the, it's the mental equivalent of the full body massage, every <laughs> mental organ addressed. It really is. <clears throat> Enough of the theory, Chris. Tell us what you're actually going to do, all right? <laughs> so I will. Here's, here's the vision for Ted. Number one, do nothing. <laughs> this thing ain't broke, so I ain't going to fix it. <laughs> I think um, you know, Jeff Bezos kindly remarked to me, Chris, Ted is a really great conference. You're going to have to fuck up really badly to make it bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I called myself, I gave myself the job title of Ted Custodian. Ted Custodian for a reason, you know, and I will promise you right here and now that the core values that make TED special are not going to be interfered with. Truth, curiosity, diversity, no selling, no corporate bullshit, no bandwagoning, you know, no platforms. Just the pursuit of interest wherever it lies across all the disciplines that are represented here. That's not going to be changed at all. Number two, I am going to put together uh, an incredible lineup of speakers for next year. The, the timescale on which TED operates is just fantastic after coming out of a magazine business with monthly deadlines. There's a, there's a year to do this. And already, and I, I hope to show you a bit later, you know, there's 25 or so terrific speakers signed up for next year. And I'm getting fantastic help from the community. This is just such a great community. And combined, our contacts reach pretty much everyone who's interesting in the country, if not the planet. It's true. Um, number three, I do want to, if I can, find a way of extending the TED experience through, throughout the year a little bit. And one key way that we're going to do this is, it, is to introduce this book club um, books kind of saved me in the last couple of years. And, um, you know, that, that, that's a gift that I would like to pass on. So when you sign up for TED 2003, every six weeks you'll get a care package with a book or two and a reason why they link to TED. They may well be by a TED speaker. And so we can get the conversation going during the year and come back next year, you know, having had the same intellectual, emotional journey. I think it will. I think it will be great. I think it'll be great. And then, fourthly, I want to uh, mention the Sapling Foundation, which is the new owner of TED. What Sapling's ownership means is that all of the proceeds of TED will go towards the um, causes that Sapling stands for. And more important, I think, the ideas that are exhibited and realized here are ideas that the foundation can use because there's fantastic synergy. You know, already just in the last few days we've heard so many people talking about stuff that they care about, that they're passionate about, that can make a difference in the world. And the idea of getting this group of people together, some of the causes that we believe in, the money that this conference can raise, and the ideas, 
I, I really believe that that combination will, over time, make a difference. I'm incredibly excited about that. In fact, I don't think, overall, that I've been as excited by anything ever in my life. Um, I'm in this for the long run. And I would be um, greatly honored and excited if you'll come on this journey with me.